Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore the essential role design plays in our everyday lives. And how, if harnessed correctly, has the power to positively transform the way that we live, design better businesses and sustainable solutions for the planet. We speak to creative entrepreneurs around the world about how they inspire their ideas to life and how they make it all work and the role design plays in their lives. I'm your host, founder of Frost Collective and author of Design Your Life, Vince Frost. At Frost Collective, we are dedicated to designing a better world. Our specialist teams work across branding, strategy, place visioning, and wayfinding, solving problems with empathy and creativity to design experiences that benefit people, business, and the planet. And as a proud certified B Corp, we meet the highest environmental and social standards by balancing profit with our purpose to design a better world. To find out more, head to frostcollective.com.au. Welcome to today's episode of Design Your Life, Tied for Change. Today I catch up with prolific Swedish entrepreneur, Konrad Bergström. Listen in as we chat about how his experience in the Swedish Special Forces shaped his connection to nature, his game-changing electric boating company, Exshore, and how he's designed a life centered around mindfulness. So, hey, Konrad, welcome to Design Your Life. How are you doing? Thank you. Well, I'm doing great. I'm in Sweden. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in Sydney. I'm in Sydney. We're just coming into our summer, which I presume you're coming into your your winter there. We do. Actually, I saw the first snow falling down today. Oh, that sounds kind of nice, even though I hate the cold. Yeah, my son, he was like, he's like, uh, he, he sometimes he don't want to go to to class. It seems like it's more fun at all. Yeah. But today i said like look it's snowing and he's like wow (laughs) so that got him going and is he how old is 25 uh around uh my age yes (laughs) no he's he's turning three in uh, like four months that's magical isn't it that's like his third christmas uh you started some amazing businesses and we'll talk about those like including Zound Industries, Mountain Z, Z, how do you say it? Z Stream? Mountain Stream. Mountain Stream. You know, my, oh, name, okay. my name is Bergstrom in Swedish. Yeah. And if you, uh, if you translate it to English, it's uh, called Mountain Stream. Okay, there we go. So Mountain Stream and more recently, Exshore, uh, your electric boat business. Um, yeah. Your passion and energy is infectious. And, and it's just kind of like... I saw your I saw a post on Instagram the other day for um, for Exshore and I love boating mm. and I've been looking at kind of electric motors and stuff and I see this thing flying around in Sweden no doubt and I'm going oh my god that is spectacular but let's just we'll come back to that in a minute but what was it like what were you like growing up as a kid were you just always like passionate about ideas and doing things. Yeah, you know, I, I was lucky to born into my family who have a father as an inventor and a, a grandpa as an inventor mm-hmm. and the mom that working in the theater. Um, so it was, you know, nothing was impossible. You could, all, all mistakes was just the learning. So it was this wonderful word where uh, more or less everything was accepted and and um, 
translate you could really push the boundaries in order to to um make uh, better innovations isn't that amazing that you grew up in that in that kind of household was it so was there any bad idea or anything that failed or was it always positive <laughs> more or less everything failed you know uh, i i well i didn't put the house on fire but it was close <laughs> to it so you know a, a lot of fail but it was always uh, this attitude that okay interesting let's see how we can make it better or maybe if you try this it might go better so mm. It, it was always a push for innovation. Like, does the door have to be like this or could it be something else? Mm. And you, you've got a young family now. Is, is, are you kind of, is it a similar household to what you grew up in? I hope so. Um, you know, um, I, I really try not to tell my kids what's wrong and what's right. It's hard because, um, you know, the whole school system is kind of, how you learn people what's right and what's wrong. And I don't really believe in that. So I'm trying to, you know, let my my kids go a little crazy and uh, really push the, the, the limits. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. It's a great way to grow up. I guess the edu- is the education system freer there in Sweden than it is in other places? That I don't know. But uh, I, I, I mean, there is a certain... Uh, things that is correct or wrong you know when you look at uh, math or how you spell a word and etc etc but you know there are so many people that is educated and know that if you want to be an innovator you need to do something wrong that is becoming right and this you don't learn in school because it's always a system you know you're always getting uh, grades after how you are correct. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, if you're incorrect, you're not getting good grades. Mm. I mean, I, I, I personally was really bad at school. So I always felt like I was behind. And mm. I don't think I concentrated very much either, which is probably in hindsight a benefit. <laughs> at the time, it was like hell because I, I didn't know any answers. I didn't know what to do. I was always behind and, um, you know, I kept getting in trouble all the time. But- I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Kind of puts you off education or that yeah. kind of education, being told as opposed to exploring it yourself. Um, so yeah. what, what happened after your schooling? What did you get up to after that? Well, um, I, I mean, in school I was working uh, uh, all the time with the, this mail-order business for, for windsurfers. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went to New Zealand when I was 16, trying to become, or I was a professional windsurfer, but trying to really hit the word uh, word scene. Mm. That didn't happen, but I did become a professional salesman. So I started the company in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and actually in Australia as well. I, I, I started Thule Roof Racks over there. Wow. That's a great company. Well, do you actually start that yes. business? I started their business in New, Ze- in, in New Zealand and in Australia. Hey, I've lost the key to one of our roof racks. How do I, <laughs> how do I get the damn thing off? 
I think you call the 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 support. Oh, do you? Uh, I I don't. I haven't talked to them so much <laughs> since the nineties. I'm, I'm not even sure if they know my name anymore. <laughs> but that's a great business, right? That's a great yes, a great piece of was. design. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they were the most innovative and the, and the best when it came to roof racks, for sure. Yeah, and um, I mean, roof racks sounds really boring, but they're 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 incredibly useful. Um, yeah, it's an accessory to that uh, to the adventure, right? You know, it's how you bring your canoe or your surfboards yeah. or your bike or your your skis or whatnot. You know, all your accessories to have fun. Uh, it's it, it, you more or less need the roof rack. Mm. I've seen pictures of you. You got long hair, beard. You look like a mountain man. Um, are you an, an ocean? Are you like a <laughs> ocean or mountain man? What are you? <laughs> no, I. You know, I. Um, my grandma was from a fisherman's uh, family. Mm-hmm. And she also knew a lot about nature. Mm-hmm. She knew what I could eat if I got sick. Uh, she knew. Uh, she didn't uh, farm so much. She always went out into nature and got mm-hmm. what we kind of needed. My other grandma, wow. she was farming. Mm-hmm. So I've been close with this. Uh, yeah, it's when I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a weird weird uh, system I grew up in because I had all these different puzzles in order to you know know about uh, chemicals as well as uh, you know uh, engineering as well as uh, you know how to do marketing so uh, and and then the nature so uh, the older I have got uh, I definitely feel that i'm closer to nature every year yeah the, the other day we were chatting you said there are no evil trees can you expand on that uh, for sure i mean um uh, we all go through different situations and and sometimes you might feel that you uh losing humanity and all the people around you or most of them uh, might be be uh really bad to you and and uh, uh, you f- you feel hate uh, but with the trees it's always love so mm. when I was like in my 40s I really started to feel that energy to walk out in the woods and 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 also like starting to hug trees I yes I know I I felt like I was going crazy but actually it helped me because there is no evil trees it's only like good energy and the big trees, you know, they have such a wisdom, like, you know, try to lay under a tree and just look at, uh, at the leaves and stuff. And they just giving you this kind of uh, magic meditation. You can lay there and look at it for a very long time. At least I could. And, yeah. and, um, I see, I see no, evil trees or evil in the nature that is more the uh, humans that are yeah can be evil my my i come from a, a long line of tree huggers myself um my mom who's four foot two 
Uh, <laughs> she has quite short <laughs> arms, so she can't hug the whole tree. But I'm, I'm, I reckon you've got really long arms, haven't you? Being a being a windsurfer. Yeah, I, I, yes, definitely. You know, I I I, I can hug them. There, I definitely met a couple of trees that are larger than my hug, but uh, <laughs> most of them I can fit. <laughs> Something quite magical about that. We kind of joke about that, but I mean, they they. I've heard that talk, trees talk to each other, and I, and I've. It's very sad where I'm living in up the northern beaches. There's people constantly chopping down trees, cutting down these mm. massive, beautiful trees, um, and then they put them through this terrible pulverizing machine. I mean, just just like yeah. I remember my grandmother crying if somebody cut a branch off a tree. I mean, she was that sensitive. But you know, yeah. some, people, some people are. You know, and, and we're we're dis. We're disconnected with nature, a lot of people. Isn't that crazy? Because, uh, you know, I was doing some studying around how you get really old. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I got down to, the, to South America and I started to look into, you know, if, if uh, the, the case was that if, if they were in the tribe, and getting over 50 years, they usually got over 100 because at 50 they stopped uh, go out hunting and they didn't go into the same danger zone. Mm. Uh, but then they were home in the village and they were like uh, uh, farming the the trees. And it was the three things that was uh, the the magic according to the study. Number one, you know. Uh, Trees and humans belongs together. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the humans give carbon and, and uh, the, the trees gives oxygen. Mm-hmm. And there is this saying like you should speak to the trees, which means that you give the, the, the carbon directly and, and you feel the energy together. It's like yin yang. Mm-hmm. The second thing was that they when they were farming they, um, you know, got some gymnastics, uh, carrying the fruit home was some weightlifting and they maybe had to stretch up to p- pick that avocado. Yeah. And the, the, the third thing was of course, nutrition's, you know, that they picked was what was ripe and they, they took it from the tree and it has like a super fruit instead of, you know, being chopped down mm. before it was ripened and sent all over the world. And uh, after that, I actually took out, unfortunately, some of the trees, but I planted a whole new area with like 50 different uh, uh, arch. And, and they, it, it just started this own little fauna with new birds coming in and, and bees and uh, it, it, were, it was amazing. Mm. And now I get like uh, two tons of food. Uh, so I'm self-supplied on vegetables. Well, I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I, I love that yeah, idea and- of uh, here in Australia, the indigenous people um, would walk through the, walk through the forest or walk through nature and you know, find the medicine on the trees or plants or eat what was there in each season, etc. I mean, when you walk into a supermarket here and buy your groceries, it's just daunting, isn't it? Like you got food from all over the world that's about to go off. You know, it's like mm. there's a sell by date, and um, 
you've, you've got to work out what the hell to do with it, like as opposed to just picking it off the tree and eating it. I mean, it's quite – we're just so far away from what um, what we were intended to be doing. Absolutely, and we need, and we need to think about this mm-hmm. because it's – I believe that it's the small steps together that will make the big step, but, you know, we, we need to change. We, we really do. Um, we talked before too. You 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 uh, joined the Swedish Special Forces as a young man. Tell me uh, tell me about that and why you did that. Well, you know, I was totally against like uh, war and that kind of stuff. But in in Sweden, you had to go into the army at this. You know, this is like thirty years ago, and uh, um, I could choose between three different places because they didn't want to force you. They wanted you to have some kind of uh, uh, thing to, to, to choose on. And so they, they saw that I was uh, uh, quite strong uh, being the athlete that I was. And uh, they put me in the special forces or in a place where I had to go by train like 26 hours home and then 26 hours up again. Mm-hmm. So it would... I would spend like four hours with my family on the vacations over some of the weekends. So I, I, I choose uh, the special forces because then you could fly in and fly out mm-hmm. and you could actually be a little bit, over, uh, spend some time at home over the weekend. The first competition that we did, we were two days behind the rest. So we, <laughs> we were like the worst team. Uh, but uh, we had the meeting and we sat down and, and we were six people in the group and we're like, okay, either we fuck this or we, you know, step in and do our best. Mm-hmm. And we all agreed to like, okay, let's step in and do the best because we, we're stuck here. We, we ain't going to go anywhere. You know, you have jail or you do the army. <laughs> so we're like, okay, let's do this. Wow. And every task that we were given we're like oh shit we're gonna die you know there's no way we're gonna survive this but we pulled through and then in the end you know when we worked together we were like you know we were never uh, winning any uh, of the competitions when it was on our own we were always like in the last but together we became a very strong group and we were like a more like a train. So when we were out there for, you know, 10, 14, up to three weeks in the forest, in the end, we started to win because we, we kind of, we, we moved slower than the others, but over the long term, we moved faster because we kept the same, yeah, same um, scheme all the time. What, what, what did that teach you? Because obviously you came from, from a very loving family, caring, you know, uh, tree-hugging family and, you know, et cetera, to, to being in the forces, which is obviously sounds quite brutal, quite competitive, probably absolutely freezing as well. What was that like? I mean, that, that, was that a real shock to you? I, I, I think that the the competitive side and all that was already in the society so that that wasn't really new to me mm-hmm. but pushing the limits uh, from uh, 
physical way and the psychological way where you get the task that you're putting yourself in a, into a, or given a task for a situation which you think that we are not going to be handling this you know you, you they put you in the forest without food or anything and they don't tell you and in the beginning you know it was uh, very very hard on your mental health yeah uh, i i think that you know 30 40% of the people that got chosen they were out within the first six weeks how, how long did you uh, last the the it was only 10 months uh education so um yeah and and uh, the, what i learned was you know nothing is impossible um i learned to plan i learned how to orientate myself with the map uh and you can take that into other considerations you know of your plan of how you design your life basically yeah. uh, so it it was it was a very big learning for me and also good because i was also uh, a little hard to put into a room <laughs> so to say so it was good for me to just get out in the wild and and get all the energy out wow. uh through this and did, did you become a, a leader through doing that is that something that kind of you realize your leadership skills uh, yes i i i was uh, taken in as a uh, uh, what they call a group leader mm-hmm. uh, so um but uh, yeah it it, it um, i've been thinking a lot about it and I, i think that's you know for for a while when i was working with sound it was uh, the marshall brand adidas and and urban ears and i was going to all these uh, big urban cool cities of you know new york london paris etc cetera, etc cetera, where all the fashion was going on and uh, and it was nice restaurants and the uh, a lot of party and uh, it was great <laughs> but I, i i i was longing for getting back to nature so mm. when i had uh, uh, my latest kid kuno that is two and a half now i was like okay so what's what's important for me t- in my life mm. it's it's actually that you know i want to see him grow up and Uh, I need to start to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm, you know, spending like two hours a day spoiling myself uh, <laughs> with with training or going out in nature or, uh, you know, meeting a shaman or, uh, or uh, some doctor in Chinese uh, medicine uh, or, or uh, doing cocoa and sound treatments etc etc just uh i always been curious but i'm not really searching it's more you know uh i i i found myself mm-hmm. but i want to explore i want mm-hmm. to learn the best from these different cultures and yeah. things that took thousands of years to 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 gain into uh knowledge and you know if you if you look at uh uh 
these kind of magazines, you know, there is always like this, uh, uh, maybe entre- entrepreneur, and this sounds crazy because I'm, I'm one of them who could <laughs> be on that cover. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, I, I don't see how we could lose all the knowledge about nature and medicine, natural medicine. Mm. And also about, uh, you know, mental well-being mm. or being connected to the, to the nature because they, they, there is uh, a, a red thread through this on how we live. Absolutely. Do you think, is this, a, is this as a result of you just working so hard over the years and maybe partying hard or just being so determined uh, with your businesses and all that? Is it is a result of that that you kind of re- wanted to reconnect? Did you hit a wall or something? Did you go, oh my God, I need to look after myself? I knew I was going to hit the wall and it was probably more like uh, six feet under than walking into the wall. Wow. Uh, because I was... I, I, I was I was destroying myself wow. and, and, uh, I, I mean, I don't think that I <laughs> found home again, mm-hmm. but I definitely realized that, you know, I don't, I don't regret anything of that other life because it, it's given me a knowledge and a wisdom mm-hmm. on a lot of things. So it's more like, okay, now I turned 50, I'm moving into the next step. And that step is not including my old life. It's, it's about, uh, you know, every, all the people change. But if you can admit that you're changing, that's when you can find the diamond, mm. I believe. Yeah. You, 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 you've obviously been very successful with the businesses you've grown before and like you went on i guess you were working in the music industry or sound etc you and you built a billion dollar company you know the sound industries like what what how did that come about what scale was it i mean it's um it's like uh some people say that you're lucky and and a lot of people you know, I never went to school, so I, I might communicate in a different way and I don't do business reports how they should be be done. But I had the, the more businesses that I did, you know, I started very early, mm-hmm. the more lucky I got. Mm. And I don't think it's luck, you know, it was the wisdom and, 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 and the training that got me into these different parts that I could see things that others couldn't. And, and, or I think that a lot of other people could see it as well, but they maybe were not able to execute on it. It's, it's a lot of good ideas out there, but it's also about execution and, you know, finding the right ways in to get to the uh, next step and so on. So, when, when I started sound, a lot of people thought, you know, they, they didn't understand what, what I was doing and, and uh, they didn't realize the knowledge that I had until sound was uh, Sweden's quickest growing 
company in 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 history and we grow with like 11,000 percent and we sold 4,000 40 foot containers of of product like 20 million products in 130 countries that's when they're like oh okay maybe uh, no, you be my I think friend? it was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on. But and you talked previously about planning because obviously planning. I mean, a lot of people have ideas, but l- very few people actually bring them to life. But the planning is such a vital part of this, isn't it? And and yeah, are you good at planning? Is that is that your strength? Well, if you ask a teacher <laughs> about planning, he would probably maybe more like i never seen something planning this way you know uh, but what i do is like i have a lot of ideas yeah uh, i think i own you know at least over 100 dot com addresses <laughs> uh, and that that is kind of equal to how many ideas that i have do you have to keep now, re-registering not- them every year they come around going it's a terrible reminder isn't it Comes around the next yes. twelve months. Oh, do you want to renew this? And you're going, oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. was it a good or bad idea? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. And uh, I, uh, I, you know, in that way, I've been very fortunate. But I also learned from a mentor that I am only allowed to work with one or two ideas at a time. <laughs> Uh, and if it's a good idea, it will, uh, you know, stand in two years. But Hang I've on. seen that. Who's this mentor? Uh, this sounds like someone really restrictive. You can only have one smart. or two. <laughs> He's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you hang but on? He, he could see that I jumped from uh, one tree to another <laughs> instead of just eating the fruit in, in one tree first, you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, it it was good uh, mm. uh, that I I met him and 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 took that uh, because it didn't stop my creativity, mm-hmm. but it forced me to finalize uh, some stuff. Yeah. Well, that did you fight that though? Did you did you? Uh, this guy might have said you need to do one or two things and do them well. All those other things that were going on <laughs> in your head. Do you like? Did you go? Oh no, I need to. What about the other things? I need to bring. Those no, to I, 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 you know, I always, I, th- I think that you need to listen to the right people. Yeah. There is always like this people are. Oh, that's never gonna work. Yeah. You know that 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 is the worst thing I ever heard, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Don't you know? Then you need to work on your on your presentation. You know. But that's a different story. But there is also some, I, I think that I learned to listen and, and sit down. And I always been very like self-critic and, and uh, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I learned to listen to the right people. And then at some stuff, I don't listen at all because I'm, I have to do something, you know, I have to uh, make some mistakes. Yeah. But a lot I started to listen. Was that the time when you learned learnt more about yourself than, than <laughs> any other time or what? Or what, through business? It's, or, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. But, um, you know, in the Special Forces, uh, it was not so much room for mistakes. 
no. if I say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you just took the order and you run with it, more or less. Uh, in life, you know, I am my boss, and uh, I decide what to do and how to plan my time and um, yeah, design my life. Mm. And uh, there, there is different different centers for different stuff. I would say. And uh, all, all, all life is about learnings. Uh, that is my conclusion. And, and I have this uh, saying uh, that, you know, you, you, you visionize or, or plan and then you execute and then constant evolution. Mm-hmm. That is what I work after. And this can be in different things, you know, uh, Electronics wasn't that sustainable, but it was important for mankind to to uh, be able to listen and and so on. I mean, I didn't invent the headphones, but uh, I, I made them look better, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I made it um, both affordable and more functional. I was the first one to put a microphone on a fashion headphone, for example. Wow. Was that is that like similar uh, time to Beats? Uh, we started a little earlier, yeah. or about the same time. And then, and then, how how long did you do that for? And I mean, all these businesses that you started. That company, so, yeah. So okay. with with yeah. all this uh, windsurfing that led me into uh, lifestyle clothing because it was a bigger business. So I I distributed like mm-hmm. Quicksilver, Volcom, and and uh, thirty other brands here in uh, in the Nordics. Mm-hmm. Burton snowboards, uh, uh, etc. And with that, I wanted to give something back to the to to my customers. So I organized these big events where I brought the 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 superstars of of, of the sports to Sweden and they could see it live or it was also broadcasted mm. in a lot of countries. Now, I don't, for, I forgot what you asked. <laughs> no, I forgot what I asked. What I was going to say was the, with the, I mean, obviously when you start a business, like, I mean, I, I got a business now, about 45 people in my, in my team here, but uh, and I'm, I'm one, I start, you know, if you start with one, an idea and you're one person, how did you build a team around you and how do you know how to what who you should have and are they the same people each time you start a business do you have some core people that you you bring into each venture first every time i tried to start a company with the people that i drink beer with on fridays it mm-hmm. always goes wrong uh, so I learned, <laughs> <laughs> I learned that, to, you know, to build a successful business, you need diversity and you yeah. need to bring in people that are not um, from the same culture as you, you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that is one thing. Uh, the other is, you know, uh, spend the time on, on what you are unique in. For me, it's like building brand or design and and uh, the distribution, building demand, a global demand. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm really good at. And then I bring in people and tell them the vision, but I give them a very, very uh, open task and let them resolve the challenge. Mm. 
So I don't tell them, as I'm not the expert within mm-hmm. economics. I understand the economics. I can read the report. I'm really good at math. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't tell them how to to do it. Uh, you know, they have to set up their team and they, I don't tell them who to work with, et cetera, et cetera. I can give them possible tools that, okay, this is uh, uh, one guy that I've been working with. You can meet him and see on, but you are responsible. So it's about giving uh, quite wide responsibility, I would say. And then when things go wrong, you sit down and you, you, you discuss like, how, how did we think care? This was not so good. You know, maybe we should do like this instead or, or, uh, you took the right decision, but it didn't work. Let's do it again. What, what character, what characteristics you look for in people? I think what I learned over the years, I, I, I mean, when I meet people, I'm, I'm like super optimistic and I'm, uh, not judging and I more or less love everybody and I see the talents <laughs> in everybody. But what I learned is like that I don't employ people. I let my team employ people. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's very important to, with the with the close people that I work with, mm-hmm. loyalty is very important. So how long did you how long did you do uh sound industries for? Was it like 10 years, 20 years? Yeah, 10 years. Wow, and then you sold it? And then I sold the, the bits that I had left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually tried to buy sound. And, uh, you know, sound was really good at design. They had the best brands. Mm-hmm. But we were uh, lacking technology. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to put it together with the Edge Technology, uh, a German company that would have given the products like uh, five times longer battery time, uh, 20% cheaper to, to uh, manufacturing, uh, new uh, unique selling points, like uh, uh, you have uh, all these voice uh, things, basically like you were walking around with a, <laughs> with a smartphone on your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh it didn't work out so i basically uh, you know it's like in business it's like you agree or you disagree and uh, sometimes uh you can't explain uh, and it ended up that i got thrown out of the company but during this time when i was trying to buy the company i was also you know working uh working on the plan of of sounds future i loved the the oceans and i wanted to build an electric boat for myself mm. so there is a saying if you can't convince them confuse them so everything <laughs> that i put on my social media was about xshore and all of a sudden xshore got a really good grip and and started demand and now i'm here and building the world's largest electric boat company Wow. And how long has that been going for? Uh, it's since 2018. We had our first prototype in 2017, but I started to focus on it like 2019. So it's just a couple of years. Tesla was not not, not that long before, was it? Uh, it, it was. Uh, oh, was it? You know, I think that they started... Uh, 
or uh, they I don't know exactly but I when you know I took the brand name already in 1996 of extra and it was oh, one wow. of these ideas that I put into the drawer I wasn't allowed to work with yeah um but in 19 uh, or in 2012 I saw the Tesla S and then I'm like oh, okay so now the technology is really coming mm. to be able to make an electric boat. Yeah. But it took me to 2017 to have the first prototype because I thought that I just, it was like making, um, uh, what do you call it in English? Like a radio uh, car that oh, you control with the, remote con- control. you know, remote control car yeah so i'm like i'm buying the batteries from there i'm buying the engine there yeah and then i just put it together well i know like 25 million dollars later that it wasn't that easy Crikey. but what did you did you did you want to do your own boat electric boat or do you want to start a company making electric boats <clears throat> first it was more of owning the brand uh, just like I did with the headphones, we didn't have any factories and so on. Mm-hmm. But what we realized is that, you know, I want to make a boat more like a, uh, like a car. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you take a boat, it's, it's, I think it's very expensive compared to the product that you're given. When, it, when you look at the engineering, when you look at the uh, user experience, if if you take a car, say like a Range Rover Sport, fully equipped, mm-hmm. uh, you pay say a hundred thousand. <laughs> Here they're like almost uh, I don't know three hundred fifty thousand probably. We have uh, we have the, massive the, the sport. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous price. Oh. but anyways, okay. Yeah, then this is not going to be a good case then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving, no, but to, I'm moving to Sweden. On, on, on the this. boat, if you, if, 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 you look, if, if you look at the boat and compare it with the car, mm-hmm. uh, my analysis is that a, a boat is less complex. Uh, it doesn't have the airbags. It doesn't have all the sensors. It doesn't have the brakes, et cetera, et cetera. No wheels. But the, 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 the boat is like 2 uh, to 2.5 times more expensive yeah so when when uh it's because there is ten thousands of brands of boats Mm -hmm. and there is like uh, 10 20 of cars so the cars are made in like hundred thousands or millions and the boats are like 50 some of them are just made in 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 10 or two or one off yeah if you if you could find a way to make uh, a demand globally mm-hmm. for a boat and make it more like uh, a car, I believe that you can have a better product in the end to lower price, mm. more bang for the buck. Yeah. And there is there is uh, so many things with an electric boat, you know that you're getting out on the water without noise and fumes. It's really like becoming one with nature. It is how it should be to be on the lake. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the, the cost of driving an electric boat is just 5%. Mm-hmm. 
compared wow. to a combustion en engine. Wow. Because the water's density is 784 times the air. So to drive anything into in, in water takes a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So when you drive that, uh, the savings are going to be higher, you know, with a, with a car, it costs around 20% mm -hmm. compared to. So of course, depending on oil price and, and electricity, but say that it's between five and 10% and the car is between 20 and 40% of the cost of a combustion engine. Mm. And then of course, the most important, uh, is the the sustainability that you don't have oil and and the fumes getting straight out into the sea and killing our our uh, life beneath that, that must be incredible i mean obviously kayaks and and canoes previously were are or even sailing boats make no noise and and have are, are non pollutant um but it must be incredible to be driving at that kind of speed was it like 30 40 knots how fast do these things go yeah, it's uh, 30 knots. And, uh, the, you know, you, you, your cruising speed is around 20. Mm. So how, how do you charge it's, them? Though? It's an incredible I mean, experience. Do people think electricity and water obviously don't go normally? How, how, you have to have a pier or how, how do you charge it? Do you take the boat home and charge it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they uh, there is... Um, it's, I, I think it's easier to find the plug than to find the petrol station. Oh, really? So basically you can find the electric plug anywhere or in many places. Uh, and all the harbors are actually built out with good electricity grid. So, um, um, but it's, you know, right now it's a little headache. You need to have an extra cord to find that power supply. Um, but in the near future, you know, they're building out with superchargers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's coming everywhere. And is there solar panels on the boat or not? No. Uh, well, we have that as an uh, uh, extra accessory. Mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, we, we, um, we, we need so much more power than the solar panels are, are, are giving you. Mm. Uh, but... All the technologies are getting better. You know, it's like uh, you will have better batteries to store the energy. You will have uh, better solar panels to harvest. And maybe you can use <clears throat> how the boat is moving, et cetera, et cetera, to also gain energy in the future. Um, we live in Sydney, which is one of the most beautiful harbors in the world. And, you know, boating is huge here. And there's, I think there's millions, I don't know what the numbers are, I'll have to find out, millions of boats in the harbor and around. And someone told me the other day that the average boat in Sydney gets used eight hours a year. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, the, the thought that, you know, the, well, I guess like you said earlier, it's probably like 50,000 different brands as well, which I guess that's why it's so, um, you know, so popular and so, so many different um, uh you know, the sailing boats, his motor boats, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's, just, it's just kind of a really intriguing, I mean, people find it really hard to own a house now. You know, affordable living, affordable housing is a real problem here. But, I mean, but we've got all these boats <laughs> that are sitting around bobbling on the harbor that we're not even allowed to stay in. Um, in this country, you're not allowed to sleep in your boat, which is very strange. 
so many people feel the need to have one. And people people say people say this. You've probably heard it too. People say the the greatest day I had was when I bought my boat, and the second greatest day was when I sold my boat. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard that saying. <laughs> I I heard that, yeah. but I I disagree uh, with it. I think you're totally right that uh, maybe the way you own a boat needs to be changed, and and there is all this like uh, sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, economy platforms that is coming up mm-hmm. but let me tell you when at least I go out on the boat you know my my mental stress yeah. goes down so much yeah. when I go out fishing or getting out is just uh, taking down this uh, lot of and and if you get your mental stress down that means that your body will heal instead of being hurt. And uh, it's just giving these things. So what I can see is that I can work harder. And just like my training is helping me, mm-hmm. my time on the water also helps me, but in a different way. Yeah. And uh, I totally so I like think that. it's very important to, to get out on the sea, uh, not for everyone, but for a lot of people. It is interesting, isn't it? Because I, I, we have a, a small boat um, that go around pit water uh, up on the northern beaches, and and, and I'm I'm out there as often as I possibly can. You know, a year later, I'm still out there like once or twice a week, and it's just it's just the pleasure that it gives is incredible. Yeah. I can't even describe it. It's just the it's the concentration. Every every moment is never the same. You know, you know, it's it's no. changing all the time. I just love it. It's just something very addictive, and and it makes you feel makes you feel great. I mean, I, you know, maybe I should be swimming in the ocean instead of going around in a boat at high speed. Um, but uh, it, it's, it definitely feels good for my mental health. I, f- I find it, it gives me a lot of clarity and, and it releases the stress as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to have uh, one of these uh, speed boats and I loved it, you know, the freedom and getting the wind in your hair. But now when i'm driving the electric boat i'm like how stupid was that like i couldn't talk to the people like if we were seeing a dolphin or something like got scared because of the engine and you know uh, maybe more stupid that we started to chase it to see it closer um we we, uh, with the electric boat you know this is just happening because there is no fumes and, and, and the dolphins are starting to play in your, in, in your waves and so on. So it's, I mean, the whole concept of Exure is like uh, being planned from the design, but also just choosing the right colors like earth tones uh, mm. to become more of a shadow in nature than, you know, uh, something that offends the nature and and how do you work with and that's that's beautiful and i think that that's obviously by design um what kind of designers do you work with to achieve that i mean do you i guess you work with industrial designers are they boat designers or are they just general designers uh the first concepts i did with the uh like my 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 founders of of sound that I also brought in to to to, to do the first things with sound. Mm-hmm. 
with the headphones and speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we work a lot. Now we, you know, I, I, I wanted to find a distinctive design because there is so many boats out there and there is so many, uh, so few brands that people know. So I'm like, we need to design a product that you can see from a very long distance uh, that this is an extra. Mm. So I now the design is beautiful, but if I would have done the most beautiful boat, uh, I might have thought in a different way. Mm. Uh, but I wanted something like, oh, you know, from 500 meters, you see, like, oh, that's an extra. Uh, to build the brand was more important than, you know, but also, you know, the functionality, it's, it's more of a fishing, fishing boat in the front to have the safety to go into big waves and so on. And also with the cut, uh, cut nose, you can drive into the dock and put, Mm. put the gear in and you can unload or offload, uh, things quickly. And then in the end, in, in the, in the rear, uh, it has this, uh, you know, like a modern sailing boat where it's all open or you, you as, as the interior is modular, you can actually put, uh, something. So you, 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 you have a, uh, like a stop in the rear. How do you know, how did you know when it was right? I mean, obviously it will keep evolving, but how did you know when the brand was realized in terms of your vision? <laughs> It's never, I think it's a constant evolution. Like, like I said, you know, it's, it's always pushing the boundaries and it's always evolving. But again, the more things you've done, uh, the, the, the better you can feel that. And, uh, also it's about, uh, sometimes listening to the right people to get to the next step. Yeah. I mean, is this, presumably this was one of the projects that you were allowed to do that your mentor said, what was the other project? Are you working on that at the same time? Or <laughs> yeah. I mean, it showed a little bit of sound where I, I start, I think we started like six brands mm-hmm. for a while. Um, it's easy to make concepts to, to, you know, make the first impression. Mm-hmm. But the second question you need to design is like, how do you keep this alive? How yeah. do you keep this uh, evolving to be top of mind? And a lot of times there you need to plan this, like how do we look in five or 10 years? Yeah. What is happening? Because it's always, and and <clears throat> then I think it's not only the design, but people love beautiful things and people are getting way more educated in all kinds of levels. I usually say that uh, my, my father, he, he used to dress uh, like a dork and and now he's actually (laughs) dressing quite fashionable. And my mom, before she passed away, you know, when I was young, she couldn't, uh, she couldn't uh, switch, switch uh, TV channel on the remote control. Mm. Uh, but in uh, you know in her uh, uh, last years she could write emails from her phone so everybody's getting more and more educated and then before you could be a brand that was just really good in design 
now you need to be good in design, but that is maybe from three ang- uh, three three different uh, angles. It's uh, you know the <clears throat> the functional design. Does this work or is it stupid? You know, uh, it needs to be the the uh, from a from an eye perspective that it's it's looking really good, mm. and 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 then uh, it's uh, what color material and finishes do you use that it makes sense that it's sustainable and you know it feels good when you touches the product or you walk on it etc. And then it's the technology and then it's the after sales. And then it's, uh, you know, how do you build this? So you have the right margins. It's, you know, today to be an entrepreneur is like being a a sheep herder back in the days. If you lost one sheep, you know, it was devastating before you could be an entrepreneur and just be good at one thing, but now you have to tie all these things together to be successful. You need to be global, I think, to, to because you only have 24-7. Uh, and then on top of that, you need to have control over the finances, the legals, the, the, the human resources, uh, and, and all this other underlaying that all companies needs to have. Do you think... Um is only possible for you by owning or heading up your own businesses? I mean, you probably couldn't work for somebody else, could you? I'm not sure that I've been asked for someone else to, <laughs> to work for them. I've been asked for many advice yeah. or <clears throat> that kind, but uh, no one actually really approached me. It's, it's actually, I started to see like uh, something on like LinkedIn that people are like, uh, starting to move towards me and asking more questions like that. Like, but uh, I don't have an answer on that. No. Time will tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but for me, you know, the, the, you know, off the sound, I, uh, I had enough money to, to feed myself for the rest of my life and my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it it was very clear to me that the next, if I was going to do something else, it needed to be, you know, a good company that makes money because I, I love business. Mm-hmm. But secondly, also sustainable and changing, you know, mm-hmm. be part of the change. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, being part of the uh uh you know, be inspirational and show that you can do good business uh, and, um, uh, be sustainable mm. because we need to prove that it's a lot of, uh, people who says like, you can't combine this, but I do believe that, uh, we don't, we don't have a choice. We need to combine it. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that it's the only way forward. I totally agree. I mean, we, we were just recently B Corp certified and, and it's super exciting to see, you know, brilliant people around the world who are doing good things. And I guess since the, you know, the climate change has become you know, massive and, and the COVID has really made people focus on uh, doing good, doing the right thing, and also realizing that and, um, profit and purpose go hand in hand. Whereas people used to think that you know, purpose or doing good was kind of charitable things. Um, 
Yeah. It's it's a big, massive shift, isn't it? I don't know. Has Sweden always been, uh, have that kind of focus? We've been, I think that we've been a little bit in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think the whole world is lacking. Uh, you know, everybody needs to change. Mm. I totally agree. You've created a, a stunning, an, a, you know, another business is a stunning retreat called Mountain Stream, a super remote, remote part of Sweden, surrounded by 650 hectares of natural parks. Um, how did that come about? I mean, and, and why? Why did you do that? I do believe in building places for creativity. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you if you are in great surroundings, you will get better ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I got my last kid, uh, uh, I I wanted to be closer to nature. I wanted to take even more experience from there. Mm-hmm. So my name is Bergstrom, uh, and Berg is mountain, and 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 Strom is stream mm-hmm. or current, and. <clears throat> Uh, it just felt with my uh, also being up in the in in Lapland uh, in the north of uh, Sweden above the Arctic Circle. It felt like I should go back to a place where it's a lot of snow and and mountains because I I one part of me is really feeling at home there. And uh, I found this old hotel from 1952 that I bought and, and refurbished. Uh, to become, you know, and and it's a beautiful place. It's it's basically laying on a diamond, and and um, it's a place I go to 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 uh, get energy, but also getting time to think and train. Because when you walk in the mountains, is uh, uh, or skiing or or just being out in the in the nature, you you move uh, good. I guess that is that is your retreat just for yourself, or is it for other people to come and and? Um... No, we we rent it out sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I always think of myself when I'm creating these uh, places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do rent it out sometimes. But mm. uh, yeah, we we. we yeah, it feels like uh, you know we rented out the people with a purpose more than anybody. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I've done, I've hit the wall a few times in my life, and ended up going to like a health farm or a retreat. And it's amazing you go to these things. I'm, I'm lucky enough to been grown up and I grew up in Canada and the mountains and and the ocean and all that. So I'm always been around nature. But there's many, so many people who come onto these retreats who've never experienced nature. It's like the first mm. time. They're going to be like, could be the 40, 50 years old. They've never been out of a city. And you just go, Christ, how have you lived that long without being connected with, or, or even understand the value of nature and what it, the energy it gives you and how important it yeah. is for our general well-being? It's just, it's just amazing. I mean, no wonder so many people are screwed up. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, 
yeah, what can I say? I mean, I think that the hospital bills would be less if it, maybe it should be part of paying tax. You know, you need to go out in nature. Yeah. Um, to because then we would pay less tax because the the, the care bills would be less. Yeah, or at least understand where your food comes from too. You know, like the, it's growing on trees; everything's there. Um, what what do you get up in your yeah. in your free time? Like, what do you have any free time? Yeah, now now I'm forcing myself to have the free time, and uh, I have an amazing organization that is uh, uh, that is uh, helping me to achieve uh, the vision of uh, of uh, Exure. Um, but uh, I, you know, I love going up in the mountains um, to to snowboard or or uh, cross country skiing or just walking on the mountains, hiking. Um, I love going out on the oceans, uh, go out surfing, uh, go out fishing, and you know. Being part of a, of of nature is is definitely both giving me well being, but also, you know, giving giving me purpose in life. Mm. You you do so many different things. What about people listening in who haven't done any of that? Um, how would you recommend they they kind of slowly start to kind of connect with nature? Just start with walking in, into the park, but you have to leave your daily life behind and you just need to you, you know look at the trees mm. see how they are moving see how they are speaking they are speaking a language uh, to you but you might not recognize if you don't mm. uh, you know let yourself see it mm-hmm. uh, so <clears throat> i think uh, you know, starting with leaving your smartphone at home yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, go out. But you don't have to make it complicated. You can start with that after a while, you know, to make it bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, or, or a larger adventure in the end that you plan and you pack and maybe you have to buy some gear in order to survive out mm-hmm. there. But yeah, start, start start with the, just walking in the park. But the most important is that you're not getting distracted, that you're actually looking at the things and stop and smile. Smile up into the heavens and be oh, grateful. Nice. That helps that's me. Nice. Wow, that's nice. Um, I mean, with so many people just looking down <laughs> at their phones, aren't they? Even amongst nature. Everywhere you go, people yes. on their phones. And believe me, I am definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at certain times, but it's more about getting the balance that sometimes before, you know, for 30 years, I never l- lost my cell phone for a minute, no. <clears throat> but now I actually put it away and, and I see other things. I always ask this question at the end of the podcast, Conrad, have you designed your life? <sighs> I think I always can be better, but I'm getting there. <laughs> Uh, but you, it looks like you're constantly evolving and, and changing and trying different things. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I have these things that I call visionize and, and, and plan. I think a vision is not an idea. It's actually something that you plan. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and then you execute on the plan mm-hmm. and and then you constant uh, evolution and life changes uh, all the time but it's that constant evolution and and the strive for making things better uh, that is what what will help us in the end i think wow you're uh if you were nearby i'd give you a hug <laughs> thank you but uh, that's give you, always needed yeah, yeah exactly a virtual hug to you man um I, been I can really, feel it. really cool yeah, I really cool catching it. up with you conrad and thank you for the for the call and and it was great uh, discussing these things with you oh cool thanks conrad Thanks for listening in to this episode of Design Your Life, Tied for Change with the inspiring Swedish serial entrepreneur, Conrad Bergstrom. Tune into the next episode where I catch up with the brilliant David Chirurn, founder and CEO of the internationally acclaimed electric hydrofoil board company, Flightboard. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Life. If you'd like to find out more about how you can design your life, head to the website at designyourlife.com.au. If you found this episode inspiring, please don't forget to review and subscribe. If you have any ideas or like to get in touch, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at frostcollective.com.au.